1: This is Inside the Military Mind, addressing mental health and wellness for service members, veterans, and their families with your host, Dwayne France, Brought to you by Family Care Center, offering behavioral health services for both children and adults, and specializing in services for military families and veterans. Family Care Center, our family caring for your family. Now, here's Dwayne France. Hello and
0: welcome to Inside the Military Mind. My name is Dwayne France, and each week we'll be talking about mental health and wellness for the military-affiliated population. Coming up in today's guest segment, I'll be having a conversation with Connie France, Veteran Services Coordinator for the Family Care Center. Later, I'll be sharing the Homefront Military Network Resource of the Week, the Pikes Peak Area Council of Governments. In this week's Insight segment of the show, I'd like to talk about how our perspective on the world can impact our mental health and wellness. Our show is brought to you by the Family Care Center, the community's leading provider of outpatient behavioral health, for service members, veterans, and their families. Those who serve our country deserve the best that our community can offer. When it comes to mental health and wellness, it's important for them to work with someone that they can trust and can understand their unique challenges and needs related to mental health. Whether you're looking for individual counseling, couples counseling, or management and consultation regarding mental health medications, you'll find what you need at the Family Care Center. Take some time to focus on you by going to fcsprings.com and allow our family to care for you and your family. On today's Insights into the Military Mind, I'd like to talk about perspective, a positive or negative outlook. This may come as no surprise, but how we see the world can be helpful or harmful to mental health and wellness. This isn't just about positivity or optimism. Studies show that our outlook on the world and other people can protect us from negative life events. In my experience, this is especially true for military service members and veterans. A positive worldview can protect us from the impact of negative experiences. Similarly, a negative worldview can make a bad situation worse. Unless we look closely at how we see the world, we're often not aware about our assumptions. Awareness can then lead to understanding and deliberate change if the way that we see the world is getting in our way. Often our assumptions about the world impact our reaction to stress. Sometimes a service member will go into a situation with negative assumptions about the world. We go into the military carrying whatever experience we have with us, good or bad. Adverse childhood experiences, abuse in multiple forms, exposure to domestic violence, substance abuse in the household, disrupted families, family member incarceration has been shown to increase the risk of trauma exposed service members to traumatic stress reaction after the military. These adverse experiences cause us to provide an explanation about the world. People can't be trusted. We have no control over our own environment. Bad stuff happens randomly and without observable cause. If we come into a situation with negative assumptions about the world, then we're at greater risk to react to negatively stressful events. At other times, a traumatic and stressful event itself will cause a service member to develop negative assumptions about the world. If we have certain positive assumptions about the world, these assumptions may be shaken or even shattered when we experience stress or exposure to trauma. In a study looking at the impact of world assumptions on mental health and wellness, the results indicated that the way that we see the world can be challenged in the face of trauma induced by other people. In other words, we think the best of people until we're proven wrong in the worst way. Another challenge is when we attribute survival in the military to luck rather than skill. As I've mentioned before, the military is an inherently dangerous occupation, whether a service member experiences combat or not. Any number of things could go wrong on a daily basis. Multi-ton vehicles, live ammunition, deliberately stressful situations, dangerous activity. All of these things have the potential to go horribly wrong. One of the differences that I've noticed about veterans that I work with is that some attribute their survival of dangerous situations to skill and others attribute their survival to luck. When it comes to skill, either that of the service member or others, it implies a measure of control over a dangerous situation we made it out of there because we knew what to do depicts a measure of confidence in our own abilities and that of our team. Contrast that to somebody who says, I shouldn't have made it out there alive. It was lucky that we were able to get out of there. People who have that perspective think that survival is random. It's out of our control. We made it out because of luck or fate. Many veterans have the day I nearly died story, not just a survival of direct attack or improvised explosive device. Once the vehicle I was in nearly fell off a six-story cliff. Disaster was averted because of a one-foot brick wall that caught our axle before going over. Had the wall not been there, I wouldn't be here. And believing in luck isn't always a bad thing. But when we explain that we survived only to luck, then it goes back to the unpredictability and lack of control, similar to how I was talking about adverse childhood experiences. Now, it's possible to shift our point of view from negative to positive. It can be difficult, but it's also easy. Many times, we're not aware of our negative assumptions about the world. When that awareness is developed, then we can decide to do something to change it. Sometimes it's easy as changing what we think to ourselves. I shouldn't have made it out can be changed to, obviously I should have made it out because I did. It's recognizing the negative way that we're seeing the world and finding evidence to the contrary. Finding good things in the world to counteract our belief that the world is not benevolent. Finding evidence of people held accountable for their actions in order to restore a sense of justice. When I talk about this, people say, well, it's easy for you to say, big guy. You don't see how much the world sucks. I can tell you that it's not easy for me to say. My basic outlook is pessimistic, and I've worked hard over the years to develop optimism. And I can also tell you that, just as you say that I don't see how much the world sucks, people who think that don't see how great the world is. We each have our blinders on in a certain way and can certainly change how we see the world. I know because I've done it and I've seen others do it. After we become aware of how our negative viewpoint is impacting us, it's up to us to change if we want to. So as always, I really appreciate the opportunity to share some of these insights. Agree? Disagree? It'd be great to hear your thoughts. Share them with us by dropping an email to militarymind at fcsprings.com. On today's interview segment, I have a conversation with Connie France, Veterans Services Coordinator for the Family Care Center. Connie is a military spouse happens to be my military spouse, and mother, and is one of the coordinators for the Family Care Center's community programs. She supports the Community Care Network for the Department of Veterans Affairs, our work with the Veteran Trauma Court, and provides resources to clients in need. Let's get into my conversation with Connie and come back afterwards to hear about this week's Homefront Military Network Resource of the Week. So your role at the Family Care Center is to manage their veteran services. Uh, You serve as a liaison with the Department of Veterans Affairs for the Community Care Network, grant clients, and veteran court clients. You're often the very first person to talk to a veteran reaching out for behavioral health services. I wonder what that's like for you.
2: It's a joy each time because I never know who I'm actually going to get on the phone and... um, It gets to be, you know, working with um, the veterans and then, of course, with the VA. I've got a lot of helpful people up there that have been, you know, on our behavioral health team that have been helping us out and getting authorizations and referrals and just whatever I need, they're usually there to help me.
0: So a lot of time when a veteran reaches out for the first time, they're looking to set up services, and stuff like that, they can be kind of anxious or frustrated?
2: Yes, they get anxious and frustrated a lot because when I tell them that we have to go through the VA that can set off a little bit of, you know, red flags for them because they don't think that they're going to get the help that they need. And I explain to them that the team I work with, we, they do an excellent job. They have helped out many, many people and that I want to be there with them the entire way and can help them get all of their benefits started.
0: So what do you think, and obviously some veterans, again, whether they had recent experience with the VA or it's something they've heard about in the past, where do you think a lot of the frustration comes from when they're reaching out for help?
2: They think that they're just a number at the VA, that 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 the VA doesn't care about them. And I've tried to explain to them that, you know, that's how it may have been in the past, but it's not how it is with the VA anymore, that they actually do want to help everybody, that they're doing their best. And that's why they have the Community Care Act to help the veterans, is if the VA itself is full and they can't get the veteran in on time, they want them to be able to get that help in a reasonable amount of time.
0: So if somebody's calling up for the first time, what do you think it is that that are some of the main concerns that they might have, maybe just with behavioral health in general?
2: Um, I think that goes back to when they were active duty, and they get that stigma that if I go talk to somebody about therapy or anything, that they're going to label me as a crazy vet or you know crazy in general, and that is going to be put on their records, and it can hurt them. And I explained that it's not going to happen like that. We're not going to call anybody crazy. And it's just there for them to help to kind of, you know, deal with something that maybe may have went on and may be coming back up for them.
0: And and a lot of that is um, they've gotten to a point where things are frustrated for them, right? You know, there's a crisis or something like that. um, And they're just reaching out for help.
2: That's right. And sometimes it may be that, you know, the spouse has also said, okay, I've had enough. It's time to get help. We get a lot of that also. It's just that it is most of the time that they've been dealing with it for a long time and then they thought they could handle it by themselves. And then they're finally ready to take that next step.
0: But there's a lot of questions there. There's a little, a lot of anxiety they have around reaching out for help.
2: They do. And I get a lot of times it will be just that they're reaching out but they're not quite ready yet they need to talk about it and have a lot just you know ask what we're gonna do say if it's even for medication management psychiatry I've learned you say psychiatry because if they don't need help medi- managing their medications that and we i talked to them about it and i'm like it's just you go in you're going to talk to this um psychiatrist and you're going to see if there's something medication wise that the two of you can work through and if it's something that you want to try i said it's always their choice they don't have to take medications if they don't want to but it's another avenue that they can explore
0: a lot of people will think that You know whether this is either active duty or they went to the VA that all they're gonna do is throw medication at me that that's just what's gonna happen when I go see a mental health professional.
2: They do think that a lot and I explained to them that's not what we're gonna do we're not just gonna throw a medication at you have you walk out the door and say see you in six months. If they're going the medication route that that's what they've decided to do they come back two weeks to a month we need to see if the medication is working and how they feel on it it's we're never just going to just throw medication at anybody and just say bye that's not how it's done
0: another part of of what you do though is uh, people aren't sure who they want to see or or maybe they have questions about therapists and you kind of talk to them and get a sense of you know what they may be looking for in a therapist and then of course we have a wide range of therapists at the family care center that you're able to sort of match them up with somebody that they might be comfortable with
2: yes i they think i'm a little crazy sometimes when i talk to them because i ask them what they're looking for in a therapist if they want a male or female and what it is i mean i've had some ask for they want someone that's a little bit older maybe more experienced I try to get them to tell me what they're looking for, who's going to make them feel the most comfortable. Maybe they want somebody that has military experience, but then there's others that they don't want that because they think that someone, if they've had military experience, that they're going to just take and tell them their own issues that they've had while they were in. So it is a matching game and that's why I like to get to know my therapists and also I can put them with who that i think that they're going to work the best with and i've only had a couple that i didn't match up perfectly the first time
0: and, and so and you're a military spouse and and for listeners this is a treat because you happen to be my military spouse uh so you understand what it's like to live in the military and you've been with me in my journey as a mental health professional why is mental health and wellness for service members and veterans why is that important to you
2: it's important to me because um, I have been with you through your um, through your schooling and everything else. And I also know that, you know, I, I see changes. You know, there's always changes in the service member when they're in, when they get deployed and everything else. They don't always come back the same way that they left you. And it's they need somebody besides their spouses, or partners, that they can talk to and that they can get maybe some help to figure out you know different ways to cope with things that had went on I mean talking to your spouse is great but we're not ever gonna know everything that went on while somebody was deployed because it's it's ingrained in them that you know you keep your mouth shut and you just carry on but you know therapy is there for them to let all of that out and make sure that, you know, they're not bottling it up and trying to carry it all with them.
0: And that's something that, in in, yes, uh, having been with me through my mental health training, uh, but also being with me in four out of the five deployments, but seeing, like you said, the impact that it's had on the families that we've served with and the spouses that we've served with, um, and just the experience of being the spouse of a deployed service member um, has helped you be able to relate to some of the veterans that, that, call up seeking behavioral health
2: it does um and i've I've let them know because um a lot of them may also be spouses that were veterans themselves and it helps me that i can talk to them and know a little bit more of you how to talk to them because the biggest thing that i've learned with a veteran is let them talk let them talk let them get out what they need to get out then have a conversation with them and it's once they find out that i am a the wife of a veteran they sometimes feel it's a little bit easier to open up to me because i know a little bit more about what they've been through themselves
0: things like the the you know um, rapid changes in duty station i think that we always joke we've had (laughs) 10 houses or nine houses in the first 10 years of our marriage at three duty stations right and understanding the the raising children we were over in germany on nine eleven, so understanding just the military culture from the spouse standpoint can be really helpful whenever veterans are calling in for behavioral health
2: it can and that's why i i like to you know like i said i like to get to know them and they all know that they call up, they ask for Connie and we're going to have a conversation about what's going on, maybe their kids. And they need to feel comfortable and that's what I want to do. Is I want to make everyone feel comfortable so that they can see exactly what good we are doing for them and what we can offer for them. And being able to talk to them and, you know, maybe they need childcare and I can reach out to a few people that I know, and, you know, we can get them some child care so that they can do maybe um, family counseling if that's what they're looking for.
0: You mentioned earlier that sometimes spouses will call up. I had a mentor who said there's one of three reasons why a veteran will go into therapy, their lawyer, their lover, or their liver, right? So either justice involvement, their health, or a a family member, a spouse, or, or partner Um, but sometimes you'll have spouses call up and not the veteran and say i would like to get them in to help Um, and that's where your military background can can help connect with the spouses as well
2: it does and they feel they they feel more comfortable they because it's they're they're at their last leg they don't know what to do anymore they just know that their loved one needs help and I talk to them. I explain what we can do, and if that's sp- that veteran is there with them, I get permission to talk to them so that we can um, go ahead and you know get things moving for them. Because and it's, it could be too that the spouse is calling in not just because they're on their last leg and they, they need they know they need help, but the veteran themselves is their is maybe too bad or they just don't feel comfortable asking for that help. So they're having their spouse call and ask for them.
0: So what is it like for you to talk to a spouse to help the spouse sort of coach, and we, we call it coaching into care, the VA has a great program called coaching into care, but um, that spouse who has a lot of frustration and anxiety themselves, um, and helping them help their veteran feel more comfortable about therapy?
2: Um, for when that happens, um, if the veteran is there, like I said I get that permission first but I explained to them that we're not going to be just opening up that can of worms that they have inside that you know we're going to peel off some layers we're going to take it step by step but that the veteran needs to know that they're always in control there this is not going to be something that we're going to give them 12 steps and say we're going to do this this and this we're going to take our time, peel back those layers, let them open up to us about how they're going to feel. And the main thing that they always need to know is that they are in control. And sometimes the veterans themselves, that they're still not comfortable. They're thinking that we're going to just, you know, come in once or twice a a week, and that's going to be the end of it. And I tell them if it's more comfortable for you to be home, maybe have your spouse with you at home, stay home we'll do telehealth we'll do it virtual so your spouse can be there if you want to come in bring your spouse with you we're not going to tell you no it's not going to be family counseling it's going to be counseling for you with your spouse there for your support
0: so a lot of time, and I've had um, spouses come and say, you know, fix my husband or fix my wife, right? You know, uh, I'm going to drop them off on the couch and I need <laughs> you to fix them because there is some frustration. You talk about some of these changes and stuff like that and, and understanding that, you know, we're not going to fix anyone. I mean, that's not the, the fixing part. Um, but Nobody's do you hear that broken. sometimes?
2: right and it is can you fix them and i'm just and i will joke with them and i'm like well did they get broken what happened to them and they're like well no you just need to fix what's going on and i'm like well we can talk about what's going on i was like you know there is no fix it's learning to deal with the emotions that are going on within on the inside and having them just talk to somebody a lot of times is going to be the best way to get that taken care of and as they say, to fix their spouse. But there is no fix. There is just help. There's continuation of help. And there's always going to be somebody there for somebody to talk with.
0: And sometimes veterans will think that themselves, right, that they've been told that they're broken or that they've been, you know, even, you know, thrown out of the military or something like that or, or just feel like they've been left aside. Um, it can be comfortable for a veteran to sort of understand that, you know, you're not broken, right? You know, this isn't, this isn't damage. This is just some challenges we're going through.
2: Exactly. And that's, you know, the whole thing of, you know, you're not broken. And I, I joke around a lot with the veterans when they call in. And like I said, all of them now know me by name. They call, they talk. Um, if, sometimes they just want to call and have a therapy session with me on the phone. I'm like, you know, we can't really do this. But I was like, you know, we'll talk a little bit so I can get them to understand that, okay, you're having, you know, some things came up and you needed somebody to talk to. Let's get you in with your therapist so that we can get this, you know, worked on and that you can maybe set a goal so that the next time this comes up, you're going to know how to maybe take a deep breath go for a walk, but there's always goals that they can accomplish for that. And they don't need to always worry about thinking that they're broken.
0: So a lot of this is about making them comfortable Yes. um, before they come in, comfortable with the process. I mean, of course there's administrative stuff. We have to fill out some forms. Some of that can take some reassurance, um, but it's helping veterans feel comfortable about this weird thing that they're about to do called therapy
2: exactly and the forms those can be very scary for them they read part of it they call back what does this mean and it could be the PHI that we have which is or an ROI the release of information and I tell them I'm like that's only there for if you know you have a spouse friend that say you know something happens you can't come in or you're in the hospital they need some information this person can get that for you it's a comfort thing they need to feel comfortable and they always worry too that are you sure the VA is going to pay for this i'm not going to have to pay for anything and i explained that yes we're the don't worry about the bill if the VA covered everything and it's once they understand that we're not going to take their information, because I know that's a big um, thing for, you know, a lot of veterans that, you know, we're going to take their information from them. And I'm like, no, it's private. It's secure. Don't worry about that. But getting them comfortable with that paperwork and then getting them comfortable to come in the front door. That's what I need them comfortable with, because if they're they're on edge or anything else, they're not going to have a positive feeling when they even walk in the front door.
0: And so and we've talked a little bit about the community care network. And so maybe to dig into that process. So veterans may be listening. Um, we've gone through the Mission Act. Uh, we've gone through the Choice Program. Um, and now we're as part of it. Now the VA um, is providing services in the community for specialty, not just for behavioral health. Um, but a lot of people think that, well, you can't just call us. Um, and and have the VA pay for it. It's not really like a typical insurance. They have to go through their VA provider. And sometimes you help people figure that piece out. You know, if, if they just happen to have heard, hey, they do good work over there, um, that you can help kind of talk people what the process is for the Community Care Network.
2: Yes, um, and there's different steps for them to do it in different ways. The easiest is if um, first they have to be registered with the VA. That's like one of the most important things to do. And then if they have a PCM, PCP, I know they keep changing that one on us also, that if they reach out to them first and um, send it through um, their patient portal with the VA, telling them that they would like to come see us down at the Family Care Center, and um, that is the quickest way to get a referral in but if not um, there are phone numbers for same-day access and for the behavioral mental health um, crisis line that you don't have to be in crisis to call that line it's to get help also for in the community Um, we've also done it to where um, we have helped them fill out the forms that they need to do to get registered with the VA But um, they can also use the um, walk-in clinic um, at the VA down here in the Springs and go in and let them know that they are looking for mental health whether it be for therapy or medication management, and they can put in a referral for them that day also.
0: And and so just to be clear, I mean, if the VA has capacity, they'll serve them, right? That's really the goal of the community care network is that we provide support for the VA if the VA doesn't have that capacity and there's rules inside the VA. So then a provider at the VA will recommend that they go to the community and that's where you'll get the referral from the VA and you'll reach out to the veteran.
2: Yes, and sometimes um, we have had some veterans that they've been seeing a medication manager um, psychiatrist over at the VA and they're going, you know, I think you might want need some therapy to help out with this, you know, to make everything, you know, work a little bit better with the medication. And they actually will tell the veteran, um, just call the Family Care Center. They'll take care of you. Love when that happens, but, you know, tell them like we have to have a few more steps. So... Um, we we can reach out to the VA on their behalf also, which we have done, um, to get services started for them. Because, like I said, we do have some that are, they want to use their benefits, but they don't know how. And they're they're afraid to talk to the VA to ask for that help. I think that's one of the hardest problems is when we get the ones that they want the help, but they're afraid to ask the VA for it we can reach out on their behalf and get things started for them it's a little bit longer of a process that way but um my coworker worker chelsea and i you know we are we work great as a team and we can reach out for them and do this for them
0: and this is again this partnership between Um, us, the Department of Veterans Affairs, they have a dedicated behavioral health team with the Office of Community Care. So it's really great. So you're listening to Inside the Military Mind with me, your host, Dwayne France. Today, we're having a conversation with Connie France, a member of the Veterans Services Administration Team at the Family Care Center. So another part of what you do, and you mentioned a little bit earlier with the child care, is connect veterans to other services in the community. Uh, Mental health concerns don't happen in a vacuum. There's often other things that are going on in veterans' lives that they could use some help with.
2: Yes, um, I have quite a few resources in the community that I can um, help them with, Um, whether it be housing. um, Had some ask, you know, maybe about a few places to take their cars in to get them fixed and um things outside of what the va or what we ourselves at the family care center can actually help them with i do have resources that um they can call me up i can talk with them and see who is going to fit best and what resources that i do have and i i'll help them out in any way that i can possibly help them
0: and so again this is something it's outside of behavioral health but if you're cars broke down and you can't get to work, that creates anxiety, right? Or, you know, like a, a colleague often says, you don't, you know, if you, you can't talk about your inner child, if you don't know where you're sleeping tonight, right? So there's these other things that have less to do with behavioral health, but they can cause some, some concerns, some challenges for the veteran and their family.
2: Yeah, I mean, because when your car breaks down, you know, you're going to get irritated about that. You're going to need somewhere to get it fixed. And then that happens, and when your car breaks down, the kid's going to get sick. It always happens, so the kid needs to get to the doctor. I've, I've got resources that can help them, you know, get some rides and stuff like that um, for them so that they can get their child over to the doctor and they can get the car worked on and everything. Um, you know, I wish I had more resources for them, um, but I work with what I can, and i will get them whatever help that they're looking for just because i know that being able to help them out is going to make them feel uh, comfortable and taken care of you know we always say that you know it's a family here and you know we treat everybody like family
0: and again this is something that i mean like your job is to help <laughs> fill them out with paperwork and and get them in an, ass- uh, an appointment it is um, but again being part of the military family the military network being connected to the military um, these other things that maybe not necessarily in your job description are still extremely helpful as part of that comfort to help them get them in for therapy
2: um I I personally think it is yes because I mean being a military spouse and all I remember what it was like you know when the car broke down both kids are sick and you're deployed and I'm going okay who do i reach out to didn't know people to reach out to so if i can pay that forward now to help these people out then i'm going to pay it forward to them so that they have those resources they can pass those resources along you know to other families that may need the help also because my resources aren't just for veterans it's for anybody that needs them
0: And so when we are closely connected to the Homefront Military Network, that's one of the people that you usually reach out to, because what you're talking about is maybe some short-term case management. They provide much more long-term case management.
2: Yes, they do. And they have been great. I will send people to them, give them the emails, phone numbers, you know, whatever they're the veteran or, you know, the spouse, whoever is calling in for that help. You know, if they're more comfortable emailing, talking to someone, giving them a phone number, I send them over to the ladies over there and they have had great success and are always, you know, they're always thankful for just even, you know, getting those resources out to them.
0: And the other thing happens is, you know, we're connected. Organizations will refer to us. I mean, we've talked. Um, you and I, about the behavioral health contact team from the El Paso County Sheriff's Department. So if listeners aren't familiar, um, this is a division of the El Paso County Sheriff's Department that if there are behavioral health concerns, you know, not necessarily justice involvement, um, that the behavioral health contact team can help them. And then they provide maybe some short-term, very important, you know, therapeutic interventions, but then they can reach out to us and we can provide more of that long-term support
2: yes we can um i work with one of the ladies over there and she'll send us over referrals of people that they have reached out to for help um the Beacon team that you're talking about is they do go out for the calls when someone needs help and um they will go out with a therapist and an officer so that the therapist is there so that they can provide that short term and then if they want other help they will say yes i want the help and then she'll reach out to us so that we can get them in and get them seen and if for that point that they don't have any other insurance or anything we always have our grant program that we can use to get them that therapy so that they don't have to worry about trying to figure out money and everything else when they're already in a crisis situation
0: and so the goals and all of this is really to be able to reduce whatever barriers exist to getting the help um, you know, minimize those barriers as much as possible so that they can get the help that they need.
2: Yes, because that's what we're here for. We're here to help. And I don't want anybody to think that, you know, there, there's ever going to be any barrier that they, you know, come up against that I'm not going to be able to help knock it down for them so I can get them to come in to get that help that they need.
0: And again, really, it's this idea of there's so many different reasons, and we've talked about this before, about uh, veterans don't need a real good reason to avoid therapy. Any (laughs) reason's a good reason to avoid therapy. Um, And so if I'm having trouble with work or uh, housing or employment or or things like that, um, not that you're solving the problem for them, but the more you can do to help them resolve that problem themselves, the more likely they're going to come in and get the help that they need.
2: I think so, yes. I mean, because I'm trying to take out every obstacle that I can for them to have a reason not to come in. I'll even get people call in. They're like, well, I can't come in. Um, this and this happened. And I'm like, well, how about we do virtual? Oh, I don't feel like that today. And I'm like, well, how about I have them give you a call? Okay, fine. <laughs> I, I'm always going to come up with something. I'm like, "That there's no reason to reschedule, cancel. We, we've, got, we've got other options. We can just take it this way, this way, or this way. And usually, by the second option I give them, they they are like, "Yeah, okay, I understand that you're trying to help, and let's do it this way." So that way, I don't have to miss an appointment.
0: And and so maybe other times they've had when they'll call up and say, "I, I want to cancel." They'll say, "Okay, call us back." Right? I mean, it'll just it, there's there's you know, I don't want to say persistence or coercion or anything <laughs> like that, but but understanding that how beneficial. Behavioral health support can be your understanding of that allows you to be a little bit more persistent um, to be able to help them get the help that they need.
2: Yes, um, I don't call it coercion; I call it sweet talking, and um, so that way that they understand that I do understand there's sometimes that we do need to cancel. Other times, it's you know maybe you just woke up that day and you just didn't feel like having therapy
0: which is probably the best time to have therapy.
2: Exactly. And that's why I I listen to them. I've talked to these people enough that I can tell when their speech is different, when they're talking different, um, and that maybe they sound a little bit lower than what they normally are on a daily basis when I talk to them. And that's why I do kind of push a little bit with them going, well, how about we do this option or this option? And they understand enough that they know that I'm just there to get them the help that they need and kind of help them out that they understand, well, okay, let's not cancel. Let's just do it this way. Cause I've even told them just, just do 15 minutes. See how you feel after that 15 minutes. If you still don't feel well enough to, you know, continue, let them know. And I said, it'll be fine. And usually when they do that, they'll stay for the entire time. Even if it is just over the phone talking with their therapist. And any way that I can get them to come to that appointment, to have that appointment, whether it be person, in person, you know, over the virtual or on the telephone, to me, that's a win for me. Because, not, well, not really for me, but for everybody, because they've came in, they've, they've got that help. They're, you know, they're participating in their own.
0: And, and you've done the same thing, I, I think, from the therapist side in which um, you know, of course, we as therapists, we see clients all, you know, all day, every day. And so maybe we may not have the ability to follow up with a particular client or if a particular client um, doesn't show up for an appointment that you've actually had therapists reach out to you and say, hey, can you check on this person? Not that there's maybe some some concerns perhaps about suicide or maybe there might be, but you've actually um, been able to support the therapist in connecting with clients as well.
2: Yes, if um not just the therapist also with the um, med management um, if they have a client that they know never misses an appointment that they're always there and they missed an appointment um, they'll call me and say or send me a message going hey can you reach out to so-and-so um, just make sure that you know all is okay because they missed their appointment and they'll make time for them to um, be have you know time that day for them to be able to you know get back in touch with the therapist or the med management and they always will do that and so that you know for me it's you know making sure that the veteran is okay and also letting the therapist and the prescribers know that yes these people are okay you know something happened or they just forgot their appointment because we know that that does happen every once in a while
0: and, I, and, again, there's this idea of making sure that things are, are, are comfortable, right, that, that people are, are – and, and, again, that comfort helps them engage more in therapy. Um, as I mentioned before, you're often really the first person the veteran talks to, right? They don't talk to me at first. They'll talk to our, our admin folks. Um, when they reach out for behavioral health, what are some of the concerns that you've heard from veterans when you talk to them? Talked a little bit about this earlier, but some of the specific things you've heard from veterans um, that that they're questioning or they're uncertain about whenever they reach out for um, therapy, and what advice would you have for them if they think about reaching out for help?
2: Um, The concerns that um, we've had before is that like i said that they're afraid that we're going to throw medicine at them and then just push them out the door that this is only a short-term goal that they have um or that we could provide for them that we're only going to have therapy for a little while you know they're like well what happens when you open up that can of worms inside then you're just going to leave me and um a lot of them are you know um are concerned about the payment and you know well what if i can't come in and things of that and for all of that i'm i can answer all of their questions for them um because as i let them know that we're not going to ever charge them anything they you know they will never get a bill from us no matter what and as i tell them too if we open that can of worms we're not just going to leave you we're going to stay there with you until you know we get through all of it and um you feel that you have you know completed your therapy with us because it's we're not done until they're done but my biggest thing is for when they call in um i want to say that's awesome because that is the first step is making that phone call and whether it be that i call them or they call me it's you know answering and you know My biggest thing is just when you call, know that I'm going to listen to you. Our admin staff is going to listen to you and listen to all your concerns and make sure that you are 100% comfortable with what is going to be going on, whether it be therapy, whether it be medication. And my, my thing is this, just tell me if you'd rather have a male or a female therapist and after that we can get you with whoever you need and that's going to fit best for you.
0: I think that's a common thing that I've heard from a lot of veterans, my clients and others, um, is that they're concerned about how long they're going to have with this particular therapist. You know, how long, like, am I going to see him for two months, then have to change? Am I going to have to to say this all over again? Um, Maybe that's a misconception that they might have heard that that's type, you know, how they do things at the VA or not. Um, But that's something that we're able to reassure them is the majority of our clients have been with us for years. Right. Or our therapists have been with us for years.
2: And that's what I let them know, too, is that, you know, you're going to be with this therapist until you tell me that, you know, I don't feel comfortable with this with this person. That's the only reason why that we would ever change a therapist is that the veteran themselves does not feel comfortable. I, because if you're not comfortable, you're not going to open up. But other than that, as I let them know, you can come once a week. You can come twice a week. If we need to see you more than that, let me know. I'll let the VA know so that they can have everything justified on their side. But we have them for a year to two years, however long it's going to take to let them make sure that they work through everything that is going on in them.
0: You know, it's just interesting you you bring up that um, if a veteran doesn't feel comfortable with a therapist, again, that might be something that they're not very familiar with, especially in the military, because in the military you had the person you were assigned to and and that was it. But um, that goes back to that autonomy that you were talking about, that control that, um, you know, I'm— And I've had clients that, you know, the whole, you know, big retired Army sergeant, senior non-commissioned officer wasn't that because that was some of the concern they had in the military. Um, And so that idea of being able to, well, if this person doesn't work, we have 40 other therapists um, within our system um, that we can find somebody that'll work for you
2: um it's a joke i like to tell them and um it usually gets everybody laughing and it makes them feel more comfortable if they do have that because you're right they're used to you see this doctor you see this person and that's all you see you don't have a choice as i tell them you know think of it like a pair of shoes they look great you know and feel good when you try them on you take them out you wear them for a little while they don't feel so good you need to return them and i said think of therapy like that and i was like you know i said that way i said If this therapist doesn't work out, you call me, you tell me, I'll get you somebody else. And I said, and if it doesn't, I said, by that time, you're going to know more of what you're actually looking for in a therapist. Because sometimes they don't know what they're looking for. They just want somebody who's going to listen.
0: And it doesn't just mean that, you know, I'm not connecting to this person. Um, There have been times where we have a wide range of skills, maybe another clinician does something for a short period of time, like maybe they could do EMDR for a little bit, or um, they might want to see another therapist for a particular condition, not that they don't like their original therapist, but to be able to have that flexibility.
2: And that is what we can do because we, um, you just, you mentioned that and I just actually had that happen where um, one of our clients um, needed to see a therapist for different reasons um, than what they were um, getting seen for by their other therapist. And so I wanted to make sure, and I'm like, okay, so we'll get this set up for you. Do you still wanna see your original therapist also? We can do that. They can actually see both therapists for the different reasons, um, whether it be just for another issue, they wanna do um, DBT, EMDR, things like that. They can actually see both therapists they just can't do it on the same day i just have to have it done on two different days and they can see both therapists during a week and that way they can get their specialty done and still be able to talk to their other therapist and so that therapist will know how it's going how they're feeling about it if you know it's something that they actually want to continue with that specialty
0: and, and again, maybe the benefit of having all of these different specialties in-house is somebody, and, and we've even had it where we've had somebody being seen here from ed management, but they're also seeing couples counseling and they're also seeing individual counseling and their kids are, you know, so there's a number of different things. But as you said before, part of the whole family is everybody's talking to each other, not, not in a um, lack of confidentiality way, but in a way to support the service member and their family.
2: Yeah, and that's what we want to do is we want to make sure that every aspect of their lives that they want help with, that we're going to be there to help with that, whether it be, you know, just individual or it could be individual and couples, um, but we're going to take care of everybody in the family. It just doesn't have to be the veteran themselves um or the service member we can take care of the their spouses we can take care of the kids we're going to be there every step of the way for them as i as i joke around with them and i'm like once you you know you're in the um, veteran services department here at the family care center you know you're kind of mine and i'm going to be with you the whole entire way so don't think you're ever going to be alone
0: like a den mother or pretty much. Yeah. (laughs) Um, and, but I think that, again, that's a, a, a measure of comfort. And this is really, um, the goal of what we're trying to do with family care center is to reduce as many barriers as we can, uh, for people reaching out for help for therapy. So to, to sort of wrap this up, um, if somebody maybe is even thinking about calling in or, or is curious as to, you know, well, should I do this? And, and, and does it help? What would you say for somebody listening who, is is wondering if therapy can benefit for them.
2: Um if somebody's listening that you know they're thinking about it, I say call, let's have a chat. Um we can always talk about it and see where it is that you want to go with this. If you know you know if therapy is going to be right, maybe it's just a specific type of therapy that might be the best thing. But always just call in. It's the hardest thing to do is making that phone call. I know, but Call in, we can chat about it, and um, I can help you out in whatever way you need.
0: Absolutely. I know you can. So I really appreciate you coming on the show today. You're welcome. I hope that you appreciated my conversation with Connie. As a reminder, our show is brought to you by the Family Care Center, the premier outpatient behavioral health provider for service members, veterans, and their families in the Pikes Peak region. You can find out more about the work that they're doing at fcsprings.com. Today, I'd like to talk to you about the Homefront Military Network Resource of the Week, the Pikes Peak Area Council of Governments. The Pikes Peak Area Council of Governments is a voluntary organization of 16 counties and municipalities, which aims to provide a forum for local governments to discuss issues that cross their political boundaries, identify shared opportunities and challenges, and develop collaborative strategies for action. Formed in 1967 under Colorado law, PPACG's mission is to ensure that all communities, big and small, have a forum to collaborate and implement change. The governing body of PPACG, the Board of Directors, is composed of elected officials appointed by member governments and non-voting members from each of the five military installations and key agencies. PPACG's committees serve the community by providing technical or community input to the Board of Directors and are made up of member appointees and important partners. PPACG offers five main programs, environment, aging, military planning, Pikes Peak Rural Transportation Authority, and transportation. One of their most dynamic programs is the Agency of Aging. The over 60 population in our community is growing rapidly. Our region expects an increase of 62% between 2010 and 2020, and an increase of 42% between 2020 and 2030. PPACG continues to expand their services to meet this growing need. The Area Agency on Aging offers multiple services, resources, workshops geared for seniors, including caregiver support, senior insurance, the Senior Information Assistance Center, and more. Their primary goal is to help older people live independently in their own homes. If you or someone you know is responsible for the care of a loved one, you have a friend at the Family Caregiver Support Center. They can give you the tools that you need to manage your caregiving responsibilities while also caring for yourself. The Family Caregivers Support Center provides families with professional guidance in preparing an individualized caregiving plan and helping you access the supportive services you need. There's no charge for any service provided directly by the center. However, donations are accepted. No eligible person shall be denied a service because of their inability and or choice not to contribute. The Family Caregiver Support Center offers help to any adult over 18 who's caring for a person over 60 or any adult over 60 who is a primary caregiver. Services offered through the Family Caregiver Support Center include individual or group planning consultations with family caregivers, a caregiver respite voucher program offering limited care in the home or at a daycare center for the purposes of providing the caregiver a break from caregiving. Powerful Tools for Caregivers, a six-week course teaching caregivers how to thrive in their caregiver roles. Caring Conversations, a support group for caregivers to assist in coping with the challenges of family caregiving. The Stress Busting Program for Family Caregivers, which is a course that provides specific tools and strategies to help family caregivers effectively cope with the stresses related to caring for a family member. Individual classes on a variety of caregiving topics offered through Pillar and the Colorado Springs Senior Center and Caregiver Pampering Day, an opportunity to refresh and renew family caregivers held each year for clients. The Pikes Peak Area Council of Governments welcomes calls from all individuals and families who are looking for a care facility. They offer unbiased consultation and education on the daily operations, resident insights, and rules and regulations of long-term care facilities. PPACG Senior Insurance Assistant is the State Health Insurance Assistant Program Office, which serves El Paso, Park, and Teller Counties. They also provide insurance counseling and education to Chaffee, Custer, Fremont, Huerfano, Lake, and Los Animas counties via remote communication. Their trained staff and volunteers provide educational classes and presentations around the Pikes Peak region in order to help you better understand Medicare and your health insurance benefits. Their goal is to help you become more informed insurance consumers by knowing what benefit options are available to you and enabling you to make more informed health insurance choices. They're also available to review your current insurance coverage, ensuring that you receive the coverage that works best for your personal situation. As employees begin reaching Medicare or Social Security age, many are still in the workforce. Employers are looking for a way to help provide the benefit of guidance for employees without increasing the cost of doing business. The Pikes Peak Area Council of Government and the Area Agency on Aging are available to provide employers with the much-needed current information regarding Medicare enrollment, coordination of benefits, and other employee insurance options. These services are set up to work with either the Human Resources Department or with individual employees. Professionally trained Medicare insurance counselors work together with you to design a program that best fits you and your employee needs. PPACG's Ombudsman program provides education and consultation about accessing long-term care and advocates for residents of assisted living and nursing home facilities when problems arise. The mission of the Long-Term Care Ombudsman Program is to address the abuse, neglect, and exploitation of residents in Colorado's long-term care facilities, advocate for the health, safety, welfare, and rights of those residents, preserve residents' independence, dignity, autonomy, and freedom of choice, promote an environment where residents, family members, staff, and others can work creatively and cooperatively, and produce significant improvements in the delivery of long-term care to citizens of the state. The Ombudsman program can help respond to concerns regarding long-term care facility reported by a resident of the family, provide notification, advice, or consultation for long-term staff, respond to inquiries from people considering long-term care placement, provide information and sometimes training on long-term care facilities, services, federal and state regulations, and residents' rights. To learn more about the Pikes Peak Area Council of Government and their comprehensive list of programs and services, please call 719-471-7080 or visit online at ppacg.org. You can also learn about PPACG's upcoming events and workshops online at ppacg.org forward slash aaa events. So if you want to learn more about the Homefront Military Network partner resources, you can find them online at homefrontmilitarynetwork.org. If you'd like to find out more about the Family Care Center, you can find them at fcsprings.com. The Family Care Center is the Pikes Peak region's leading provider of comprehensive behavioral health for service members, veterans, and their families. They prioritize you and your family with a range of outpatient mental health services, including individual, couples, group, and family therapy, as well as medication management. Heighten your emotional wellness and receive the professional care that you need from the caring and highly skilled team at the Family Care Center. I want to thank you for taking the time to listen to the show. It'd be great to hear your feedback. I'd like to answer any questions you might have or know what you'd like to hear about. What topics about military and veteran mental health are you interested in? Send me an email to militarymind at fccsprings.com, and there's a chance that we'll discuss it on an upcoming show. I'd also like to remind you that the information provided on this show is for educational purposes only. While I am a licensed mental health professional, I'm not your licensed mental health professional. If what we discuss in the episode brings up any concerns for you, it's highly recommended that you consult with a licensed mental health professional. Stay tuned for another great show next week. And until then, remember, you're not alone,
1: ever. You've been listening to Inside the Military Mind. Addressing mental health and wellness for service members, veterans, and their families. Sponsored by Family Care Center, Behavioral Health Services. Our family caring for your family. FcSprings.com. Tune in every Saturday, 11 a.m. for Inside the Military Mind on KPPF. And listen to the companion podcast on Podbean. Family Care Center
0: is a comprehensive outpatient behavioral health clinic providing critical mental health support to service members, veterans, family members, and our local community. Family Care Center focuses on the mental health and wellness of those who have served our country's military by providing best in-class evidence-based therapy, medication management, and transcranial magnetic stimulation. Family Care Center's clinical staff is dedicated to meeting every client's outpatient behavioral health care needs. This is Dr. Chuck Weber inviting you to learn